0: Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio twelve forty KQEN. Hey gang, welcome to True Wealth. As you can tell by my voice, this is not Dave Littlejohn. This is Justin Bruggeman, and I'm here with Matt Dixon. If you can't tell David is not in town today he is out hiking which may be getting his Zen on or whatever he's doing but I'm glad he's able to finally take a break for a little bit he actually just texted me so
1: I think if he has enough cell phone service he's also probably listening to us right now
0: Whoa. well we'll see how this goes we uh, me and Matt are gonna do our best to cover for David um, we're going to, we do miss him. We can't wait for him to come back, but he, uh, it's true. Only twisted our arms a little bit to come cover for him. Yeah, but we're happy to be here. We had a little bit of a choice. So we're going to speak a little bit about it's one of my favorite topics of the financial planning aspect that is also subjective, but can relate to everybody. Um, and that is the budget. And when we're talking about a budget, they have these rules that you can kind of think about, which I have a golden rule, which, Matt, what do you think that that might be? I'm going to say it's your 50-30-20
1: rule. You've talked about it before.
0: I have talked about it, but the golden, the big rule is spend less than you make. Ah, okay. Because it is really hard to progress through life if you're constantly spending more than you take home. It's true. So this 50-30-20 rule that um Matt kind of spoke of that we've been talked about, it's just a basic financial plan for you have income, you have expenses, you have needs, you have wants, and you also need to be saving also in that process. One, so you can retire, and two, so that if Things don't go as planned. You have excess cash flow on the side to be able to pay for this, for like emergency fund or things like that. The car breaks down. So the 50-30-20 rule, which I did not make this up, I'm not even sure who did. And I'm not taking any sort of credit for it. But it's a good rule. So I think it's worth talking about. It is a good rule. And so when I say 50, 30, 20, what we're talking about in the financial planning and the budget world is if you get your paycheck, which you've already paid taxes, um, insurance, things like that, pre tax that is available pre tax, and then you have your take home income or your after tax income, the 50, 30, 20 rule works like this. 50% of your income should go to your needs. 30% of your income should go to your wants. And 20% of your income should go to savings. And savings could be the bank account, building up an emergency fund, retirement savings, college savings, but there's always a factor which it can be adjusted as well. This is a very subjective and broad topic and even broad numbers so when we say 50 percent needs to be your needs what do we think that that means as a listener or even matt we're just sitting here talking what is the needs that we need in life
1: i feel like a big one is your mortgage or your rent
0: that would be a very huge one
1: we got to pay the bills
0: we got to have somewhere someplace to sleep at night and you gotta have electricity. You gotta have, which they wrap into this, minimum debt payments, which we can kind of circle back to. That is, um, the needs are what you need to get through every single month of your life. So you need food. Yep. You need
1: electricity. I feel like you need a car as well. You've got to have some transportation.
0: I definitely think we do, especially where we live. Yeah. In rural Oregon, like There's I don't know. Even-
1: like we 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 can't be trekking through the snow
0: well and i don't even know what the public transportation is really like here i've never used it yeah i mean we just recently moved out to dillard so i know that there's not public transportation from there to roseburg so you have to have not only a car but a dependable one as well yeah but it also has to fit inside of your budget that's a big piece and if you extend your needs and you even mix them with wants it's got to if your needs extend past what they need to be then something else has to give so either your wants have to give or your savings have to give yeah and what would probably be the most common thing that gives first
1: hopefully the wants hopefully you're not tapping into the savings instead
0: But let's be real here yeah it's always it's always the the savings is what it For usually For most compl- people, yeah, it's yeah. the savings. And also when you're looking at needs, as I mean, the needs is the mortgage, the car payment, the insurance, property tax, utilities, electricity, uh, minimum date, debt debt date, debt payments, groceries. But also is as you progress in life, your needs change. That's true and I can specify a lot with this for even me personally is my needs 10 years ago were a lot different than my needs are now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're married now, so your life insurance needs are changing. You know, you've gotta be able to protect a spouse and you know, in the event that something happens. So there's a lot of changes.
0: It does, and the biggest thing that I change is we can both relate to this Is well. I'm very a recent homeowner. Yes. And that changes things tremendously. Square footage. Yes. Yeah. In time. And it's also changing things that needs versus wants is I want everything, which I was even just talking to Matt before we even came is I went by Home Depot during lunch today and I'm just looking around. There's a lot of things I want, but my strain for debating on whether I need it.
1: It's a fine line. It's, it's a very, very
0: fine line.
1: It, it is a very fine line. Because sometimes those tools really save us a ton of time. They do, they do. I mean, if you're out there with a toothbrush scrubbing your driveway, you might as well just go get the pressure washer, right?
0: You're not allowed to bring up pressure washer to me right now, we <laughs> are just talking about Your wife's
1: washing. gonna hunt me down after the show. <laughs>
0: right. And also is even uh, as being married, which I'm just recently new, newly married. So a shout out to my wife, Samantha, for putting up with me. But also my needs, well, as being married, needs as a married couple aren't specific to one person. It's combined need. So that changes as well. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, it's the things that necessarily I think I need versus what she needs and what we need as a couple has changed. Yeah. Ten years ago I needed a brand new golf driver. I thought I did at least. But do I really need that? No.
1: See for you I don't know if I would put golf in the once category. I feel like you need golf. Like you eat sleep and breathe golf. It's in your blood. So can we just like scoot that over to the needs column?
0: Well we can talk to my wife about it later <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen that way but it just it really it really has changed for what we need like we need new fence. we need new we had our heat pump go out during when it was a hundred and fifteen degrees that is a hundred percent need. yes you got to be able to sleep at night yes. right and so when we're looking at this from the financial aspect which in this we go through with clients all the time and it's never a perfect rule. This 50, 30, 20 rule is a great starting point. And it's also a learning point too, especially as they don't teach this stuff in high school. That's true. And a lot of people never take the
1: time to actually pencil it out. So I'm gonna encourage all of our listeners really to you know sharpen the pencil, get a piece of paper and just put these numbers down on paper. You would be surprised how much money you might be putting into one area versus another, and how a small little change can save you a ton of money, especially towards that savings category, which we'll get to later, but
0: pencil it out. I am gonna ask you,
1: Matt, When's the last time you did it? I actually, I, I did. I did this a couple months ago, and it was uh, on a fluke. I saw some Dave Ramsey thing on YouTube, and I was like, hey, I actually wonder what I'm spending here. And my wife and I both kind of filled some stuff out, looked at it. We found a couple areas where we were way overspending, and we tightened that down. um, And it actually did make a a good impact.
0: Well, I'm going to give you credit, a lot of credit, on that. Thank you. Um, Because I'm going to go the opposite way is I have not, and I don't. Does your wife drink coffee?
1: Yes. Does she stop at the coffee stand and get her coffees?
0: No, I make okay. her coffee every single morning. You're a good husband. You're a good husband. Except on the weekends, I sometimes go and get her coffee. But she balances more of this stuff than I do, which is very bad as a position, is I am a financial advisor, which I'm gonna roll back to the those who can't do teach, I guess. Okay. Um, she is much better with that stuff than I am. Okay. And when, especially as couples, and this is something I've heard Wes says that works in our office too, is when you're married and you have two people working together, you usually have, one of them is usually a spender, and one of them is usually a saver. Interesting. Or a mix of both.
1: So what about you? Who's the spender, who's the saver?
0: I am a 100% the spender. Okay. Um, I, I love cash so much that I can't carry it because I enjoy giving it to everybody else for some reason. (laughs) Um, I do not carry cash at all. Um, I actually, I play in like Friday Night Scrambles at Stewart Park, and I go and I ask my wife for cash because I don't ever carry cash because she always holds the cash. And if I win money it goes right back into her purse right when I get home.
1: As a kid, were you the one that had like the piggy bank that would only last a month before you got the hammer out, smashed it, and took the cash?
0: I don't even know what you're talking about. What's a piggy bank? (laughs) My children have piggy banks. Um, We put money in them. I don't know if there's still money in them or not, but if they're not, then I don't know where they're spending the money. (laughs) Um, And so this really just wraps in also is the needs is the car. Also, is what the car payment is one that is a need. Yeah. But it's also is you can overspend that need.
1: Yeah, and I'd encourage the listeners to go to the Little John FS um, website and check out the car payment. Um, there's like a calculator on there, yeah. and it's gonna go through and it's gonna show you how much you can afford. I actually just sent this link to someone today um, because. You know, it, you can put in a ton of different stuff, the trade-in value, the interest rates, what you wanna pay each month, and it's gonna give you a, a projection of how much you can actually spend on
0: a car. And even how much you should spend on yeah. a car is even yes. could be the bigger one. So if you're working in this 50, 30, 20 rule, and say your take-home after-tax income is $5,000, that means your needs category that has all the mortgage, the car payment, the insurance, the groceries is twenty five hundred dollars. That's fifty percent of five thousand. Yeah. So if you're extending above that because of a car payment by a hundred dollars, then maybe you need to scale back what you're willing to pay for it and see what you can afford. Maybe it doesn't need to be a twenty twenty one Dodge, you know, 3500 or whatever maybe it needs to scale back to a 2500 for that matter <laughs> there yeah it's something to
1: work it's worth looking into playing with the numbers
0: it really it really is and it's one of those is if you have questions if you're not sure ask for help who and would who who do they ask for help well they could always ask us we, yes we answer questions like these on the daily. And if it's ever a question where you're not sure, you can always contact our office at 541 375 Perfect. Hope I got that right. I think you did. Um, or on our website at littlejohnfs.com. And we're always happy to answer any of those type of questions that you may have. Are we headed to break? I think we, I think we have an obscene profit break coming up. I think, we, I think we do. Oh, that's the ticker. So you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is Justin Bruggeman. and Matt Dixon. Welcome back, gang. Sorry. Um, still getting used to this side of the... The transitions aren't easy. Right.
1: We're getting there. We're getting it figured out. By the end of the show, we're going to have it down, but then David will be back, so...
0: And then we'll figure it out next time Yeah, gone. exactly. Um, those who are just tuning in, we were talking a little bit about the 50-30-20 rule, um, which is very... Easy to understand. It's your after-tax income. 50% goes to your needs, 30% goes to your wants, and 20% goes to savings. It's simple, but it's overlooked, right? Wouldn't you agree? Very much overlooked. But the biggest one that is overlooked is... Savings. 100%. People
1: want to just ignore it. They want to go spend that money or
0: you know, buy what they want. And this number gets a little tricky also, too, when we're looking at the 20% of the after-tax income. And why is that?
1: Because, it, I mean, it varies with your age. Right now, I need to be saving a ton. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, when I'm getting older and I'm closer to retirement, I need to go spend that money, and I need to take that vacation to Europe that my wife is always talking about. Let's go for the
0: cruise. Just go.
1: Just do it now.
0: And even with that 20% also is... So if you made a contribution to your 401k, that's coming pre-tax. Ooh. So you, or your simple plan, or your yeah. set plan, or you're making contributions to a traditional IRA as well. These are all pre-tax contributions, and we're talking about after-tax contributions. Yeah. So this is where it could, in quotation marks, you can shift this savings number a little bit. I mean the general rule of thumb is to save between 10 to 15 percent for retirement. And then there's the also the
1: the emergency fund right and I believe the rule there is like three to six months that you need to
0: have saved up. This is the emergency fund by far is the most important to me. Oh yeah stuff happens
1: life happens.
0: Stuff does happen and especially through times that we've been through the last two years is people have lost jobs, people have had to switch jobs, daycare is almost impossible to find. I saw uh, a
1: statistic and it said that less than half the people in the U.S. actually have that emergency fund.
0: Which is scary. It is. Think about
1: how many things, life just happens. Do you got any examples of just crazy stuff that happens? I
0: I actually do, we okay. recently, um, me and my daughter got into a four-wheeler accident, Ooh. and we spent six weeks in Portland. It were, you guys weren't even going
1: very fast, were you?
0: No, we're going very slow. It was a kind of a freak accident. I was driving, it was all on me. Um, she is doing great now, amazing, full recovery. Um, but it was a freak kind of accident. I'm very thankful for the company and David because I was able to work remote and do oh, those types nice. of things. But it was a very unexpected, when you have a life flight to Portland. Yeah. Which, crazy as it sounds, a life flight from Portland, or Roseburg to Portland, costs $102,000. Get the
1: life flight insurance, that goes back up to the needs. Like, (laughs) insurance is in that needs category. You need that insurance.
0: I will never complain about the cost of insurance for the rest of my life. Right. After seeing all these bills. Um. But these are unexpected things, as even the heat pump going out when it's hot. These are things that, so you don't have to go hit a credit card that's going to be 16 to 25% or even 10 to 25% interest. That's really going to bury you for the next couple of years. That's probably a bad term. Set you back for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, that debt can really tie our hands up.
0: And the uh, cost of debt is it's insane and so that's why if you stick to these rules um, and don't spend outside of what you're bringing in it really does make a huge difference for your retirement savings your emergency fund savings and it changes
1: the way that we can handle those needs too like my wife she needed a car she needed something with air conditioning and we had money, I'm sorry, I'm late. oh, David just showed up oh, in no. studio. He's in his hiking gear, his hiking boots, and he's taking the guest mic. He's going to steal the show. How far did you run to get here to save us? We were. We must have been botching it for him to come down off the yeah. mountain. You're
2: doing great. You got, you got to push a button oh, on the board. There he is. is, is he now we, now it's my You guys are doing live. awesome. No, it's just, oh, it rained on us. We weren't expecting it. So uh, we, uh, we cut a day off the trip. And uh, I heard you guys, you're doing awesome. No, i just like, you know what? I'm going to come say hey, so because I can. But no, carry on. You prep the show. You're doing great. And I'm agreeing with you so far. I, I'm done now. You're here. No, I'm, I'm out.
1: He's here for liability purposes. We, right. We're about to drop it. He knows it. He could I, sense it. Not a chance. You're doing great. No, Ooh, but I, 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 I think I was talking about uh, that piece there with, where savings transfer over into the needs category like we needed a car but we had enough cash set aside a good deal came up and we were able to just jump on it we didn't have to worry about the financing we didn't have to worry about you know coming up with those funds and it solved a problem immediately we didn't have to worry about it
0: and that's that's amazing because if you look at this if your needs shift back on the spectrum yeah that changes the game if your needs are only 30% of your income, then your wants or your savings can increase tremendously. It's true. You might even be able to retire earlier, hopefully. Ooh. Everyone wants that, right? I can't even sit here. How was hiking? I have to know. <laughs> That's great. It's driving me crazy.
2: It's great. No, I mean, we had a it great hike, but uh, it, it was, you know, it was, it was really hot the first day. Where Admin, did you go? So we went up to Bobby Lake, Bobby Moore Lake. I don't even know where that so, is. So so kind of go up Highway 58. I think it's Gold Lake Trail and then we hiked into uh, Bobby Moore Lake, spent the night there and then we just hiked over to Waldo Lake and hiked around that okay, whole area for a while. Now. And then um, stayed out there and then rain rolled in, where which the wasn't a concern. So that's why we were in that area. The fires were kind of on either side. Okay. It was relatively clear. There was there was more smoke than we had hoped for. Then it all got washed out, which was great. But we got washed out too. Was this one of those camping trips
1: where you don't bring the food, you just bring the fishing pole and you expect to catch dinner? And then you no, yeah. no, okay. this is no.
2: not. No, this is a, you know, you pack everything you've got on your back and okay. away you go. No, nice. so. But yeah no so the hiking was great now don't i don't want to derail the show you guys are just i've never done the show with both of you in studio this is, this is and good. i'm not here to step in i i love this the discussion of the, the 50 30 20 right i mean i i this is a, a real budgeting methodology we've talked about it on the show before i love that you're kind of exploring this with our listeners uh, and you're spot on about this whole want and need dichotomy Justin right.
1: asked me a question earlier. He said, have you ever actually penciled it out? Because I was encouraging listeners to do this. I'm sure you have in your own personal life, right, yeah, David? Yeah, I have. And w- what, did you find anything that really stood out where you're like, whoa, I didn't expect this number to look like this. I need to you know, move this around and balance this out. Other
0: than payroll.
2: Other than <laughs> payroll. <laughs> well, so now here's the, the cool thing. Now. And our listeners probably will expect this, right? That your so your finances are a maturing process, just like we all grow in life. You're you're going to grow in your finances too. So, depending on where you are at, the answer is going to look different. I can remember budgeting with my wife, and we would it just started by writing down everything. Just just take an inventory of what you're spending, and I think a lot of people fail to account for a bunch of the little stuff they do. So like you forget about pet food and magazine subscriptions and like, oh, we have cable, but what about Netflix too? And oh, and then we got Hulu, Mm -hmm. right? And before you know it, you've tacked on a few extra things and it sneaks up. And one thing you'll realize is first of all, almost everybody has pork in their life, right? Now that's a political term of just the extra stuff that gets sort of thrown into the mix. But that is pretty real. Yeah. Uh, like there's a lot of extra. And so that was a really interesting thing to me. The, the, as your finances mature, it starts to take on a, a different, uh, a little bit different flavor, if you will. Because the goal should be to build your financial resources such that you're not trying to manage paycheck to paycheck but rather event to event. And, and that, that means that you've sort of matured financially and now you're starting to plan things like, uh, I talk to people about funding retirement plans and then ultimately developing passive income structures in your life. Right. Okay? And that's a way, if you're trying to really accumulate more wealth. A funny question the other night uh, from some folks saying, somebody asked, what kind of job do you need to, to buy a $43 million house in Lake Tahoe? Apparently they'd seen a forty three million dollar house somewhere. Jeez. And, you know, I chuckled as saying, Well, is this a rhetorical question or do you want the answer? And they wanted the answer, so we unpacked it from there. And the person that buys a $43 million house, first of all, seldom pays cash for it. Right. Right? They may, but that's not typically the best the reason they would do it because real estate gets unique tax treatment because of the the fact that you get to depreciate it, and so there are some tax benefits. So they're usually people that own lots of businesses that have, typically businesses that have really high cash flow. So businesses with lots of customers, right? If you think about, like, why is Mark Zuckerberg a bazillionaire, or Elon Musk, or uh, Jeff Bezos is the obvious one with uh, Amazon, yeah, right? And it's because everybody listening you've probably got Amazon. Like, like everybody, Amazon is ubiquitous, yes. it's huge. Yeah. So if, if all that they make is like two pennies on every transaction, but they process millions of transactions per day, think about how much that adds up. It's true. And so we value Amazon as a company, Jeff Bezos owns 14% of it, he's worth almost $200 billion.
0: And is that $43 million home his first home or his
2: second? You can see it if you're down in Scottsdale. No, this is the the Jeff Bezos says, how many yachts do you buy? Right. Right? I mean, there are different reasons for that, too. It's because you need to have, if your finances become sophisticated enough, you are investing in more than just the stock market, more than just your retirement plans. Mm -hmm. And you are not just buying a rental property. You're buying a portfolio folio of rental properties, and you're not just buying residential properties; you're buying commercial properties in multiple locations. Right. It gets exotic, so there are places to put money,
1: and that forty-three million-dollar place has more appeal because then you got to buy less places. Well,
2: it's to, this is the it's the California beachfront theory, right? Yeah, their premium locations are where wealthy people store value in a tax-protected manner. Yes. Okay? That's what those things are for. People look at them and think, oh, why would a house be worth that? It is worth that because of an elite store of value, all right? So anyway, different animal, but it's still a budget process, believe it or not. Even super wealthy people, they just budget differently because, again, project to project as opposed to paycheck to paycheck. Yeah.
1: Justin, is it time to take us to break for it, that
0: obscene profit break? It is definitely time for this. And this is True <laughs> Wealth with Justin Brogman, Matt Dixon. And Dave Littlejohn. Welcome back, gang. And we were just kind of wrapping up our savings conversation, and then David walked in. And I'm allowed. He's allowed. He's allowed.
2: <laughs> Lock the door. Right. And I can leave if you guys would rather. We're, I could. we're just giving you a hard time. I'm not even working the board today. I'm totally chilling in studio. It's the best. Right.
0: And we were talking about the savings, and Matt brought up was the different ways on how you can save in that savings, that 20% savings column. And we kind of did talk a little bit about uh, your 401k savings. If you have a match, at least please do that.
2: Um, yes. That's a- that's the free money thing. Yeah, get the free money. If an employer has a match, the, the, the qualified financial advice that's, I don't even have to qualify it, is take free money. And I've seen people turn it down. That's the thing that just blows me away. I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah, I just can't figure that one out. Like, wait a minute, you could get 100% return on your investment right there, even if you were to put it in and then take it out and pay the penalties, you still have more. Like, duh.
1: And for, what about for like self-employed people, I mean, that haven't started a retirement account? There's different ways that they can uh, tax shelter stuff. I mean, do we want to talk about that at all? That's another way to save. I mean, if you've got your own business and you're not putting anything into retirement, maybe you should. Maybe you should look at that.
2: Yeah, like I said, I don't want to hijack what you guys have got going on here, but uh, certainly there are lots of ways employers can, uh, can utilize the tax rules to help you know, you can invest just yeah. like a like a business owner is part of the business, so they can have a 401k plan as a business owner. Uh, now you're matching yourself, okay. so it's it's not like you're getting free money when it's the money that the business already earned, but you do get to navigate the tax structures, and it can be beneficial. This is where you hear about these companies that pay zero tax. That's not true, by the way. Corporations still they just may pay zero income tax, right? If they right. distribute in the form of expenses and payroll and everything else, there are taxes that get paid, but they don't pay income tax. And so we kind of zero in on that. Like I I swear the conversation tax wise, um, in like most media sources is basically just income tax, right? That's all we talk about.
0: <laughs> I've even heard that before. It's like, well you can just write it off. Well you still have to spend- and the money, yeah,
2: and it's money you don't have afterwards. Like, make a tax-deductible donation, and it's like it doesn't make it free. It means it's money left the business pocket or the person's pocket, and then they got some of what they they donate will be tax. You know, it's it it comes out of their taxable income, so the tax right. savings will be. You know, it's like your dollar goes further, but it's not like it becomes a free event,
0: right? And so as, well, even as self-employed, there is different options, of solo 401k, there's SEP IRAs, there's simple IRAs, and those change depending on personal circumstance. So if you ever have any questions about that, you can always come into our office. Right. And um, we can get you squared away or at least send you where to go to get it done.
2: A lot of optimization in that category, right? I mean, when you think about, Business owners have different levers to pull than people that don't have a business. So uh, for a lot of our listeners, uh, in fact, sometimes some of the financial strategy is, hey, maybe you need to develop a side hustle where you have some self-employment income because that gives you some different levers to pull Uh, tax-wise. It's just using the system as it is available to you, right? We don't advocate anything that it's, they're not loopholes. There's right. nothing shady about the system's what we're advocating. It's the same for everyone. Like right, it's not that. It's just that the system was designed because at the way the you know typically the way tax code is designed is to incentivize certain behaviors. Right? right. So if if the government wants people to invest in stuff, they may give accelerated depreciation so that people with the ability to buy things will go and buy them so they can write them all off this year instead of amortizing them over multiple years. If you don't know what that means, that you don't have to become an expert listening to this show, but it means that part of a tax strategy is sometimes you buy something because you need it, and if you're able to deduct it against your income, it can lower your tax exposure. Right? These are all things that happen in a, a healthy financial plan. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back though. Your question about was originally about savings, right? Like how do Mm, people increase the savings rates? And I will tell you the the simplest thing. I mean we're talking about all these places you can save. That's sort of the equivalent of um you know, like well, I I can make it a business expense, okay? But underneath all of that, there's this really simple concept, right? Save it. Yeah, pay yourself first, (laughs) Right. right? So you have to budget your savings like you do all of the other things. And and so that's why we like to assign jobs for our money. Right? Right? In financial planning it's saying, well, each dollar has a responsibility in order to make your financial machine run. So some of it is reserves for the unforeseen. Some of it is for the subscription things in our lives that happen every like you're going to keep eating right so we have to have a budget where we keep having food again but
1: there's ways to save on that too like there are yeah
2: when i go to safeway i'm always saving
1: at least 40 percent by just clipping the coupons before i go in having a game plan yeah and that's money that can go right back into that savings account
2: and see and this is the the savvy consumer goes a long way it's true. Right? The, the savvy consumer thing.
1: If nothing else, just being a savvy consumer can take you a really long ways.
2: Right. And there is some form of diminishing marginal return on that, right? Yeah.
1: It, when you get into your time. Like yeah. How I much mean, time are you spending to yeah,
2: save five cents? But this is also where I talk about the, the, the growth path financially for folks. When you're paycheck to paycheck, you your time is pretty maxed out. Right. So you really, when you have the ability to go and maximize those benefits and clip the coupons and stretch things further, you're going to get a lot more benefit when you're getting started as your finances mature. Yeah. And, and they really should, right. Your finances should mature, not just because you're saving, but because you should be gaining skills and becoming more valuable to the workplace. Or if you're self-employed, you should be working on your business and not just in it so that you become a more savvy business owner. And so you, you should increase your capacity with experience and time if, if things are going properly, right? And so right. If, that, if that is the case, then at some point you may have enough going on that it's less valuable to invest the time in clipping the coupon than it is getting to the next that's project well that's bigger. Right, well said.
0: And that makes a lot of sense.
2: Justin. So yeah, so what else is on your mind here? You guys hey, got an outline, no, right? No,
0: we kind of did. I'm,
1: I'm gonna I I'm going to move on. I I came little. in here with an outline. I had to. I, I was ready to go. You I came in like, here with a book.
2: I did. Let's be real. Justin made me
1: throw the book away I, did, I did. went go good, with some good job. Points, So, right. so I'm but I'm telling good you about that.
2: Our listeners are smart and they've heard you know, we've been on the air for years. They've heard a lot of this stuff, but what happens is sometimes you need to hear it now. Mm-hmm. Right. If some of you are listening right now, and you need to hear this again. It needs to either be confirmed, reinforced, or it's set in a different way, and you're going to have that aha moment of like, oh yeah, right. right. Uh, because it's crazy. Now, what we do investment-wise under the roof, that gets pretty sophisticated. You sit in on one of our investment committee meetings, and you see what we're we're doing, and you go like, oh wow, there's some moving parts of that. Sure, but. A lot of this stuff is blocking and tackling, right? But we don't teach it in school and there's no good class where we're gonna learn how to do this. So unless you had it modeled for you or you went out and touched a hot stove and you know you got burned and you had to learn the hard way, how else do you figure this out? And I think there's a lot of stuff
1: that the listeners just forget to do. I mean, like we were talking about insurance earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. how many people have actually shopped their insurance rates in the last two or three years? I mean, car insurance. Have you shopped the rate? That's something that we might just forget to do. I don't, cause I
0: love my so. house. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and so this is funny, cause we're we're now gonna. You you guys ready to hear like a little? Uh, we didn't plan this on the radio, so my brother is my insurance agent. Now, that in and of itself is nepotistic. I get it
0: has benefits, though.
2: But what happens is when you have an agent that also has brokerage alliances He's so that they can in a shop. a lot of different places well, for but, you. But here's what folks don't understand about insurance. Multi-line discounts exist where you get better rates yeah. because you are mixing and matching things because the insurer is essentially getting a better risk profile from you when you have multiple things, right? How yeah. likely are you to crash your car and burn your house down at the same time? Not really. Yeah. Right? So those tend to be, and, and by the way, how are likely are you to do all of those and die and also have like an annuity contract have to go for the rest of your life? Right. They, they, they're naturally hedged. So insurance companies know that the, the, the Venn diagram, the intersect of the different policies, gives them more total premium from the relationship with the customer, but they don't get proportionately more risk. So it becomes more efficient for them to ensure a multi-line customer. So there's, now it's not to suggest you shouldn't shop it and you certainly should review your coverage, but that's part of the reason people will oftentimes work with a qualified agent is they know how to package that stuff. The internet doesn't do that for you. You know, if you go get Geico or Liberty or something, I'm not saying those are bad organizations, but they don't do homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. So you're or on your own for something it, yeah. else.
1: Or they sub it out to someone else.
2: Which is still brokering it. And and they, because they're different organizations, they don't do multi-line discount for that. Yeah. At least not to my knowledge.
0: And not to mention the level of service you get with your brother. Oh, your agent.
2: it's, uh, you know, I get this is... Does he ever
1: like say, "Hey, I want you to switch to these guys; they're going to save you money." Does he? Yeah, does no, we, yeah. we
2: go through and optimize stuff, and you know, keep in mind again, a finance guy, you would expect that by now, after being in the industry for more than two decades, my finances are a little more complex than average. So we do a lot of stuff with insurance, and and yes, we go through and review coverage levels. Uh, there are environments where I have more coverage than average; other environments where I don't. And it just depends, but it's all about understanding the risk relationship. Right. So, are you, are I'm, I'm
1: giving hand signals like, "Hey, I, th- I think it's oh, time for well, a break."
2: Well, there have been there have been two, right? We got to take the third. We'll be right
0: back. A better yeah. break. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Welcome back, gang. We're gonna continue this conversation about the 50-30-20 rule, and we're gonna switch to my favorite part, the wants. The 30% of your income that should go to your wants that hopefully doesn't get overran by your needs. If you overrun the wants by, by savings, that's okay, I think.
1: It'd be yeah. easy to finish this show with just a list of all of the things that we want. I've got a list. <laughs> I I, do want that new boat.
0: I have a a ridiculously long list. And when I'm looking at even the wants is, even the needs, which this could be a good question for either one of you, outside of your mortgage, what is your biggest
2: expense? Hmm. Well, I have three kids. Minus (laughs) business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I I don't have the business expenses, Uh, outside of the mortgage, probably – uh, I, I will I will just call it lifestyle with kids, like the, the activities and right. everything that we do that come with the family uh, dynamic. And those are, they are definitely wants over needs, but they're a high priority for my wife and I. Uh, you know, like right. our kids take piano lessons because uh, we have look, a lot of reasons. One, my, my wife's a music teacher. Right. She doesn't give the lessons though. We, we give them lessons because, and I'm big on this too, right? It's a chance for them, it's a different form of brain development. Right. It's a you know, dexterity plus it's music's a form of language. There's it's lots not of a, reasons not a for screen. it. Yeah, and so there's lots of great reasons for it that kind of reinforce education side of things, but it, it's a luxury item, mm-hmm. right? If we couldn't afford to do that, then we shouldn't, right? right? People may try to justify it as like, well, it's for the children. Like this is the one where, parents that say they're going to pay for their kids college and then they're not going to have a retirement plan right and i go you can borrow for education you can't borrow for retirement so you know if you don't put your mask on first you put the kids mask on first and die then you know you leave them stranded right Right. you take care of yourself first then you can help others my i think mine is food
0: mine is i don't have 100 food
1: yeah i don't have a car payment so it's gotta be food. That's like five or $600 a month, I would think.
0: That's that's pretty cheap. <laughs>
2: well, it's just the it's two a, of us, so. Yeah, I mean, ours is, our budget's more than that. Our food budget's pretty high our too. Standard. Yeah. Um, but it's in, again, we have weird dynamics because it's really hard to separate me from the professional enterprises, right? There's just a lot of overlap. That's true, I could see like, A little blend of of that in there, yeah. I mean, like half of the breakfasts and lunches in my life are with clients, right? Right. Uh, Hey, there's a perk right there. (laughs) Yeah. All the
1: office get established with David. (laughs) Go get some food. So he can eat lunch or breakfast. I want to get in on that. Take me out to lunch.
0: When I well, even when I was looking at this, the needs because groceries come into that. Our food budget. Definitely overlaps between needs and wants. Oh, yeah. We it, are not people, like me and my wife are not people that I can't plan out a week's worth of food. I go and get what I want that day, which gets extremely expensive. And with, do with the that.
1: way that the grocery prices have gone up lately, I mean, it's extreme. It's just so you
2: know, statistically, not a great way to do it. Right. Uh, and I mean, these are th- little things like, but by planning things out, you don't do things as unintentionally. Right. And uh, and here's the next question. How often do you play with a card as opposed to cash?
0: Uh, we use cash for it. But it's also as if friends, families driving through, they'll call us and we're making dinner. We make enough for more people anyway. in right. Justin's
1: in the neighborhood.
0: Oh, yep. we. Could I have. need your address. Let's I know. Things get very Italian
1: family here. Bill. If
0: things get shut down, we can't go to a grocery store. We're good for like a month.
2: Wow, that's impressive. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, the bottom line at the end of it is that the wants versus the needs. I think you need to take a really good look internally and realize that writing the stuff down and planning it on purpose—that is. I think it's the intentionality is where the, the savings and the budgets work. If you are not intentional with your budgets, you can expect to have the unexpected things happen. Yeah. And so, if you need
0: help
1: with it,
2: yeah, give the office a call.
0: Yeah. At 541-375-0898 or the website littlejohnfs.com. This is Justin. We're out of time. Matt Dixon. Yeah.
2: Dave Littlejohn.
0: And thank you for listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN.